0: Welcome back to another week of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. And welcome back again. Uh, we got Tommy and Ben engaged with us. Of course, James is not with us because, well, heck if I know what he's doing this weekend. <laughs> I've not heard from him, so. Uh, is he
1: still alive?
0: He is. He is, yes. Um, okay. I don't think that's
1: what he meant when he's not with
2: us.
0: Oh, okay. well, okay. Wait, yeah. Just to clarify. He is not okay. currently <laughs> on Jack the Jack show could- with well. us.
2: <laughs> I mean, as long as you've, you know, like maybe heard his voice in no, real time.
0: I've not heard his voice. So it actually could be his wife that's texting back. Yeah. Maybe she, maybe she got that insurance money off of him or hey,
2: something. You never know.
0: Mm, it wouldn't be much, but facts. You know, you know, hey, it is what it is, right? Uh, I'm sure he'll be with us eventually, um, you know, when he could actually watch some sports.
3: When did
1: this turn into a murder mystery podcast?
0: <laughs> about <laughs> right 30 about the, seconds ago. Right about the time I think we might have gotten more... Have show up. <laughs>
1: uh, definitely got more listeners now.
0: <laughs> we just a little up murder up.
3: mystery, little sports, you know. Oh, man, he's he's just holding... He's holding out of camp right now, you know, it's the preseason. He doesn't care about this oh, time. He just yeah. cares about oh, winning the regular so he's pulling season.
2: A, pulling a Tom Brady, gotcha. That's, that's what it is. Tom,
3: that's, that's not what happened, okay? He... Was in a uh, quote unquote family vacation for 11 days. Okay? Right.
0: Right. So is James going to come back like Tom Brady and look like he has seen some shit? <laughs> because I swear to God, Tom is his age like oh, 10 he, years, he and he looks 11 like days. He has
3: been through the ringer. Uh, I mean, if he legitimately did spend that full 11 days with his family, that's probably what happened. He mm-hmm. just. It sucked the life force out of him, probably. So, why that does ben look Just, like
0: that? I mean, I would assume uh, that Ben would look like that, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Gage yeah. is already so, on his way.
2: I mean, three year old. And I mean, you know, if I could lose the kind of weight that he did from what it looks like, maybe it's a good thing.
1: Listen, oh, it's, it's not easy being a mass Singer, so it's...
0: <laughs> he was on something, I can put it that way. Um, but yeah, he definitely looks like shit now. But, um, but how's well, everybody's week?
1: Not bad Busy. so far. Busy. Not, Busy. not too bad, too bad, too
0: bad so So... <laughs> yeah, no. Sports. Sports, yes. Uh, it's been an interesting Sports. thing, oh. that's for sure. Um, I mean, we always expect a lot of shuffling around when that roster has to get locked down, so... A lot of ad drops. It's going to be interesting. College that wasn't really much going on. So other than you know the future national champions winning, you know against uh, Dequesney. So Quesney. Yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds more really official. D- it sounds special. <laughs> I mean, hey, we had three running backs put up over 100 yards. I mean, that's just unheard of It was Duquesne for,
2: us. for fuck. I mean, God. And
0: we haven't won a fucking game worth shit in how many years? So. Oh, <laughs> no, and you true. still haven't. So, Well, no. Yeah. We got LSU this weekend. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I've noticed. So
3: basically, the score from your game this past week is what the score of the next game is. But <laughs> I think he might be on the, the wrong side. End.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I noticed, though, over the last few days that we went from being a 14-point underdog to only a 3-point underdog, so... Um, who knows what Vegas knows that we don't know.
1: Hmm. Wait, is we'll Dan see. celebrating a win over Nestle Quick?
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, I will take a win wherever I can get a win right now, okay?
3: Fun, fun fact about uh, the, the Quesney, uh College. Uh... They're actually the first university to offer Bryce James his first D one.
2: That's right. You're you're not wrong. I yeah, I did see that. that I, I, so I they did were, see that. They were a
0: great school. See, were, and and then you know they not and and um we still beat them. So hey, it's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, speaking of you a team that like didn't full twenties on us, like okay, they were good. See, real good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but speaking of a team that couldn't squeak out a win this week, um. How about Scott Frost's uh, Nebraska, huh?
2: You called it last week. I mean, you said he's on the hot seat and he is, his hot, his seat can't get any hotter right now because that performance against Northern, granted, it was in Ireland and it's against another Big Ten team, you know, but man. And K, you got Casey Thompson, the quarterback, coming out saying, please don't give up on us, like begging for. You know, Nebraska fans to you know not go into hiding. But uh,
0: that was um, just a brutal game.
2: It's it's not looking
3: good. I don't know if he if he doesn't win he's you know, fifteen and the next, in the next thirty
2: in five seasons. It's like if in five seasons. If he doesn't win the next two job? out of three
3: games, he he, he gets cut like hundred percent. There's just no way he stays.
2: I don't think he's gonna make it through the season. There's no way.
0: Yeah, you can't keep him. There's just no way. He's it doesn't matter at this point my my personal opinion on this. It does not matter if they have a winning season this year. It doesn't matter if they squeak 6 wins, 10 wins, they're he's going to get fired. Yeah. There is just no way. If Les miles can get fired having a winning record just because he lost one season.
2: Oh, there was a little more. Oh.
0: I'm just saying it, it, that that's ridiculous. For him to continue to keep his job there in Nebraska, if he's not going to get, um, you know, a consistency out of it, and and you could tell also in that game that there was a lot of infighting in, in between him and his coaching staff. He and his offensive coordinator were going at it throughout the game. You know, of course, after the game, the, he tries to you know say face and oh no, we're just fine and everything, but they were visibly pissed off at each other, and he was visibly pissed off his offensive coordinator for the calls that he was making. Um, and it's just kind of like passing the buck is the way it appears. So I I fully expect that he's going to lose his job. There's just no way they're going to keep him there no matter what. I mean, Nebraska had three turnovers. I mean, that's – you put up 465 yards, and you have three turnovers, and you still can't squeak out a win. Your defense didn't show up. I mean, it was, it was just bad. It was bad all the way around.
3: Yeah. Like, like just imagine, like Ed Orgeron, right, who was mm-hmm. the coach for LSU – Obviously, they had probably one of the most prolific um, seasons, right, with Joe Burrow at the helm. Um, and then they tumbled the second that entire senior, senior class left. And the second yep. that happened, they let him go. Obviously, LSU is a you know, very high-profile uh, program, being in the SEC and everything. But Nebraska has history um, behind it as well. Uh, that maybe some people who are more recent to college football don't realize how big and how good Nebraska used to be, um, with how many national championships they've been to and and won, and uh, their and their program history. Uh, so the fact that Scott Frost has stayed there this long with this terrible record, I, I just don't see how they can even say, "Yeah, you could you could stay here another year."
0: yeah I mean and it's not like he lost to a non-conference opponent either. I mean, it's not like he he you know first game it's in Dublin against Ohio State or something or you know some big school it's Northwestern who is consistently a good team, okay and it's a conference game and you can't even you're supposed to have beat them like you were a you know the heavy hand on this game you were supposed to whoop them and you can't even squeak out a win you And your team—it's like your team didn't even show up. Yeah, you throw for a lot of yards. That's great, but you throw for two interceptions, and then you have a fumble loss as well on top of that. Um, It was a lot of penalties, and the defense just looked like a strainer. It was just—it was horrible. They could not stop anything at all. Yeah, it's—it's—it's
2: a—it's a a situation. I—I mean, I have a bunch of friends that are Nebraska fans, unfortunately, (laughs) Um, and you know they've—they've been. Praying that they they would have got rid of him last year before the season started, and it just, yeah, you know, eight. You know, speaking on oh, school's trying to save face. Oh, yeah. I think you know, you know, justifying paying somebody their salary and finishing an hour whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to start looking.
0: And there's going to be a lot of coaches that are going to end up getting changed over. I'm sure, like like we mentioned earlier, uh, or I I brought up last last week. Um, you know, this this is a big big thing for like Notre Dame too. They've got a brand new coach too that could very easily be on a hot seat. There's a lot of teams that are going to be looking um, and Nebraska needs to get those feelers out early if they want to start kind of cherry picking who they want to have before everybody else starts to really look heavy. Um, But just speaking to Gage's point real quick, just so everybody knows, um, you know, Nebraska really does have a very, very deep history in football and a lot of records. I mean, they've had five national championships since the actual national championships started. Um, and then they have six, uh, titles before that, that period even started back in you know the seventies. And they've got 46 conference titles, which is a ton of titles to have for your conference. I mean, that's, that is a huge number, huge accomplishment to just suddenly have your team not be able to perform at all for several years. It yeah absolutely look like crap i mean under a coach that was highly touted you know was supposed to be this this great um you know gonna come in and he's gonna be like their their next big thing and really over the of a few years just kind of really build that program and expand it out to be a rival to you know the big dogs that are you know running the the national conference um uh, or the uh, n c a a titles every year. I mean, you got Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and those guys that are just consistently up there and everybody else is very quickly just falling off that path and no way to catch up. It's it's getting crazy.
1: How many puns do you think that the newspapers and stuff there are using with his name? Like, Scott Frost on thin ice. You know. <laughs> hot seat getting so hot, his job is melting away. Like... I mean, how many do you think they come up with? Like, this is, this, they, they write gold for this guy not doing it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, you see, and the sad thing about that is, I'm pretty sure none of them are. I think you're probably the only one that would do that. You know, that, like, you could make some money off of that, I'm sure. If Listen, we we're talking
1: about Nebraska, not to get corny or anything, but let's. yeah.
2: Oh, oh,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if we are talking about Nebraska, you're right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, uh, but something else I saw. Um, Earlier today, so we talked last week about uh, the big, uh, the Big Ten getting their monster media deal, and you know what were some of the other conferences going to do? It looks like the Big Twelve is going to squeak out a big monster deal with ESPN and Fox. They're in talks with both of them um, to get them a, a huge deal, which is going to be great because you know more and more of the Pac Twelve teams are going to end up merging with the Big Twelve, and they really need exposure because neither one of those conferences really has a great uh, media exposure or contract at all right now. They're very regional for most of their games. They're not getting a lot of national exposure. So Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of money they can get out of it and how it's going to go. One thing I did see is that it's probably only going to be a good couple year deal. It won't be uh, one of these really long 10 or 15 year deals like everybody else is getting um, mainly because it has to do with the realignment for the two conferences. Um, And if, they end up just doing a full, you know, come together within the next, like, two to three years, uh, then those two um, networks are probably going to really stand up and give them a huge, huge deal, which is going to be awesome to see, to have, you know, and actually be able to watch all the games from across the country, you know, <laughs> nationally instead of, you know, wish that you could see it and or, you know, you only get to watch it at 10 o'clock at night because nobody else is playing, you know. So, it'll be interesting to see where that ends up coming out here uh, over the next few weeks whether they're hammering out the details. Yep. Yep. Another one that I saw, um, I didn't catch this last week when A&M, Florida A&M, was playing North Carolina. I caught the news story on this a little bit earlier today. Um, did you guys see that um, Florida A&M actually has their players almost on strike right now um, over some like financial aid issues and, and uh-huh. yeah. So they had 26 players that were ineligible last week against the Tar Heels. Okay. And they got absolutely stomped, which I mean, I fully expect them to lose anyways. Right. But uh, they traveled up to Chapel Hill, got their butts kicked, but they had 26 ineligible players. And basically what happened, um, FAMU was way late in getting any of their scholarship money for these players, their scholarship stuff, uh, sorted out, um, and the in fi- the financial aid set up for them for this year. So those 26 players ended up not being able to get into their classes, get their supplies, their books, all that stuff. Um, and several of them got evicted. They weren't even able to stay in their play their where they were at because they weren't actually enrolled in classes. So so now, this is
1: a Division One school, right? Yeah, yeah. How so, did how did they let that fall through the cracks there when you're competing with all these other schools out there that are making bank and big names off of just getting people and talent out on the field every week?
0: I couldn't even begin to tell you, but yeah, it's been it's a huge ordeal now, and it's at the point now where um most of the rest, well, actually, pretty much the rest of the team is not going to play anymore until the it all gets sorted out, and they're. Uh, fellow players can actually join them again. They have to get you know, so it's it's um it's quite a big deal. It's gonna be interesting to see how this kind of plays out as well. Um yeah, you know, but the players were actually protesting during the game as well. Like the um anytime any of the school songs were being played by the band, the all the players would just kneel. They wouldn't they wouldn't do anything. So yeah, they're uh they're trying to make a big statement there to try to get the school to actually step up and do what's right, which they should be doing anyways it shouldn't require you know the rest of your team and and everybody to you know pitch a fit i mean 26 yeah. that's, that's just
2: a third of your team yeah yeah
0: that's that's bad and and it's on national television on top of that i mean it's not like it's some little you know yeah. Regional TV, nobody's going to see this. No, I mean, your, your team is literally being decimated. You're missing 26-year players um, because you didn't fix some eligibility issues with your own players because you failed to give them their financial aid so that they can enroll in their classes. <laughs> I
1: mean, how, how often do you think that happens to, you know, just academic scholarships, not sports scholarships? And we don't see or hear a big deal about it because it's not football. You know, like does you know, does that even happen how how does college let that happen? It's that's just I a mean, major
3: it, failure on their their part. It definitely is. I mean, it, it definitely does happen to like academic people. It happened to me actually, funny enough, um, in my first year of college. I had a had an issue with my um my financial aid going through uh and it didn't cost me to like be held of classes or anything, but I literally down to the wire to like the last day to register for classes until I got access and all that. So, um, but it to, to happen to like maybe a handful of people and academics to like 26 football players, which again, a lot of these guys are, you know, getting financial aid, not just for, you know, their academics, but obviously for probably being scholarship football players. So the fact that, so many of them got affected by this is absolutely insane. And family is trying to use the excuse of we only have one compliance and one academic advisor for athletics, and that's it. So they're trying to use like you know the whole like kind of short staffing type deal as a as a possible like excuse for it. But it, when when a lot of these players are not freshmen. The, especially some of the ones that were held out like that's that's not an excuse mm. it's not like their their files weren't already in there and like halfway process or anything like
2: that. i mean most of these kids have been on probably on campus since early july at least a hundred
3: percent especially you know obviously the football players are always there early yeah. because they have to start they have to start practice it's Camps. spring yeah i mean yeah.
0: usually you're on campus by february going into to march because by April and May you're starting you're starting practices and all that. You got spring ball, then you get your summer break, kind of to kind of get settled in with your academics, and then you're picking right back up again, ready for fall ball. I mean, you don't you don't have time, you don't have time for any of that. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Big
2: old foobar bar on the. I mean, if,
0: don't get me wrong, okay, I'm not saying that academic scholars and financial aid is not important, okay. But as a school that has a big football program, which I get they're not like a big power five school, but football is how you make your money. That is where you bring in as much of your revenue as you possibly can. And if you don't make sure that those players are on the field, you don't make that money. You're not. You're not going to make money because they're the other schools are not going to want to sign you up to bring you over there and pay you if they're not actually getting good practice for their players too. And a good quality experience. So, you know, that's, they do that enough, enough times. They could very easily start losing all credibility, not to mention, you know, what is the NCAA going to do against them? Because that's a huge violation to not have all of their stuff in in order. You know, they can very easily get hammered by the NCAA for, uh, for that as well. And so then you end up having a whole bunch of other problems and, and punishment on top of that.
3: Yeah, it's it's insane. It, it says here um, FAMU was paid $450,000 to play against the Tar Heels.
0: Mm-hmm. Not to mention any money that they'll make for being on ESPN and all the other things that come with that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, advertisement deals and all that stuff. I mean, that's just it's crazy. I mean, that's a lot of money for a school of that if
3: if if someone isn't you know uh uh, aware of who florida a&m or famu um is they're a uh historically black college and they have one of the best if not the best band in all of ncaa oh yeah uh, for other athletics it is it is something they have always prided themselves on so the the experience that you go to that you get from when you go to one of these football games is unlike any other. The energy is just unlike any other. So for this to happen and then like you say, like the players are taking a kneel during the school songs and stuff, that is an issue because that is something that family thrives on. And if their players are not buying into it because of this, it's going to hurt their program, Yep. not just right now, but in the future.
0: I mean, and there you're also in the capital city of the state. You yep. know, and you have to Sure, read, sure. You also have to Yes. Yeah, they're in Tallahassee. Um, you have to be um you have to answer for the academics and everything for your school to the state as well. I mean, you're you're still a, a big college. I mean But yeah, Famu definitely has its own tradition. They've got a lot of heritage within that school, even though it is a smaller school. Um and their fan base is all about that school. They're very much into in engrossed in it so yeah i think that it's going to be a much bigger issue than just you know the players i think i really think that the uh the fan base your boosters alumni associations are all going to really step up and cause a lot of pressure on that school to get things sorted out and make some restitution towards those players
2: i mean i i know you said it's not a bigger school but it is well i'm just reading this thing and it's saying it's they're they're the second largest historically black college though in the united states
0: oh yeah no, i'm talking as far as like they're not an actual big power five you know they're not one of the big dogs you you know know? yeah Yeah. they're not one of these big dogs that you know has you know billions of dollars in their bank that they could just do whatever they want with i mean they're right you know um but yeah i I saw that today i was like you uh, that's that's ridiculous i mean yeah i don't know how that Somebody could just let that happen and just think that it's, oh, it's okay. We'll figure it out at some point. Because that's 26 players that right now could go to the transfer portal, go to any other school right off the rip and start playing. Yep. And you just lost your entire team. that You're forfeiting the whole rest of your season right there. That's a lot of money you just lost. So we'll see. It'd be interesting to see. (laughs) I'd like to see a bunch of those players in the transfer portal. You know, we need some more, but... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh so poaching got you yeah in hey I mean, you know, they just they just have to go right
3: across the street you know so it's not really it,
0: that big of a deal well exactly it's not like they really have to move very far uh with a u-haul in one weekend we can move all 26 <laughs> of them into into our campus you know <laughs> um i did see that we picked up a uh we be in Florida State for those who don't know. I'm a diehard FSU fan, but uh, we picked up uh, Kaziah Holmes out of Penn State off the way off the uh, transfer portal. <laughs> waiver wire, you almost said. Almost <laughs> say the waiver Yeah, The waiver wire, yeah. Uh huh. Almost got him. Almost got him. Um, yeah, we picked up Kaziah Holmes, which is going to be another huge bolster to that running back core. We got some actual uh, experience with him because uh, right now we're just running a bunch of young guys. So That'll be interesting. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh <laughs> do you guys see that um Harbaugh refuses to name an actual quarterback, starting quarterback?
2: Yeah, I mean, I heard some rumbling about it. <laughs> I I mean, it I mean, are we surprised about anything that Harbaugh does anymore, really? I just like,
0: I don't understand how you can have two quarterbacks and not want to name any of them a starter but you're also not going to name that they're co-starting anything right it's just going to be okay this guy's going to start this week next week is going to be this guy we'll see how it goes
2: maybe they run in a play every time
0: but i'm I think like a different
2: quarterback every other
1: play
0: <laughs> i don't know Can you I'm... kind of do
1: this in san francisco for a little bit
0: it just doesn't make like little a little, much like sense a little bit Cause you end up, you end up brewing a psyche for a quarterback with that. Yeah. Like, you, you know, especially if he comes in, he has a great game. Okay. And then the next week he knows he's not going to get to play because the next guy's supposed to play that game. And so, <laughs> you know, you don't really maintain a good rhythm either. You're just there for, you know, half the season. It, I don't know. I, I think what other what
1: teams in the history of college football have done that. And have we ever seen it work? No, No, I've never
0: seen that work. Um, And very, very rarely does the um, the co quarterback scheme work, where you've got one that you know comes in for a wildcat scheme or something like that. Um, Very rarely does that even work.
1: Right, like there's been teams, yeah, right. They 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 kind of like switch series or switch plays plays designed for one quarterback versus the other and still that yeah, but, but didn't really work but you still have out,
0: a starting quarterback this right. guy starts every game and the next guy comes in for these three different schemes and you know these certain situations i mean that's that can I mean, be if okay you have sometimes. a
2: pass heavy quarterback versus a run heavy heavier something i mean i i get it but at the same time like you were saying the psyche you figure you figure like how can you get your quarterback to get into like a flow of the game if, if you're doing something like that? I don't know. I don't. I yeah, can understand I don't. if he goes out and he's just sucking bad, you know, pulling him and putting somebody else in. But I don't.
0: <laughs> I don't know. He's Harbaugh's kind of losing it. I think. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah. His
1: khakis were on too tight.
0: He's just, he's kind of losing it. Um, I mean, he, he even said that his little, his idea for having two court, you know, two full quarterbacks, not even co-quarterbacks, no, nothing. Um, He's saying that that's, he compared that somehow to the Bible that it's saying that it's a biblical, it's uh, his approach <laughs> is biblical.
2: <laughs> so he's basically saying he's God now i i <laughs> guess
0: so like he's he's the college football god right now in michigan is he
1: trying to audition for notre dame like
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh well i mean they don't really believe in god though
1: tell that to rudy <laughs> man
0: he uh, oh that's here's what he said he said it's based biblical his um uh, his idea to run the two the two quarterbacks he said it's based biblical solomon he was pretty known to be or he was known to be a pretty wise person <laughs> okay. so apparently apparently he's solomon now but anyways okay yeah so but yeah i thought that was kind of interesting he's actually running two starting quarterbacks um, one's gonna play one game next one will play the next game and they're just gonna switch back and forth for whole games instead of just running a Separate scheme for certain ones in certain uh, situations or anything. So that's that's definitely not going to work very well this year. They're uh, they're going to have a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah,
2: he he may be just trying to find his way. out. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they got. I think they start off here with um, with Colorado State, and then they go and play against Hawaii. And I'll then tell I think you what. All right, no
2: pushover.
0: Oh, I know, <laughs> but uh, their season's not really starting that strong. I can tell you that. Yeah, they're not really uh, starting off with a great schedule, in my opinion. But that might work great for them, where those two quarterbacks did. <laughs> they start off with Colorado State, then they got Michigan, Connecticut, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, Penn State. Uh, so it's not till the end of October that they play Michigan State and have, uh, which will probably be a ranked opponent still at that time. And then again, they don't have anything until Ohio State at the end of November. So they've got a pretty cakewalk schedule, in my opinion, <clears throat> with the talent that's on that team. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's see. Uh, do we really want to talk about Matariza? Idiot. Idiot, next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean, know if it's worth talking no about. It's
3: really sad, honestly. It's don't just to all the like future, you know, potential NFL stars. Don't be stupid when you're young, man. Be yeah. be responsible. If if you're heading to that kind of level, um, you, you have to mature faster than a yep. normal 18, 19, 20 year old kid.
2: And and uh, also, I mean, on top of that, like you you've got to you got to be able to know like. That you're, there's a target on your back, man. Like, and it whether follows you forever. Yeah. So, if, if, if the allegations and everything is, that you know, when it comes out and everything are true, I mean, you're just a, a not a good person. I was going to say something else, but, but <laughs> you also, on the other side, if, if it does come back and, you know, maybe they were falsified allegations or whatever, well, but you put yourself in a situation to, you know, it was not good. So just think before you do stupid stuff.
0: Yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, yeah, he definitely put himself in a bad situation there. And I don't know. San Diego State's still trying to, you know, back themselves up, that they did what they were supposed to, et cetera. I know there's still an investigation going. So, but yeah, I don't – if it's all true, I don't think the guy should ever play football again.
2: No yeah i don't
0: i think he should pretty much just make sure he uh falls off the uh the radar and keeps his head down but um uh, last little bit here out of nca though um i saw this i thought this was pretty cool it's going to pave the way for uh all the other big colleges going forward i think um south carolina started its first uh in-house nil firm They actually hired a company called Everett Sports Management to to launch their own um, exclusive NIL initiative for their students. So their students can basically um, get an NIL deal without having to go and sign up and, and, you know, look for other agents and find, you know, all of this stuff all over the place. It's all within in-house and keeps them protected. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it
1: sounds like a smart idea um you know it gives it just gives another avenue to recruit right if that yeah. that could be another recruiting point hey south carolina's got everything for you you just come here and we we you know we got people for you that's going to take care of you and set you up with these yeah. deals and everything and you, you it's one-stop shop you know where you don't have to go find your own representation like yeah, you're saying
2: and, I mean, and you got to know that those people that are you know those Agents or whatever, the representatives, you know, they're getting a hefty, hefty chunk of that change. So if they can keep those costs lower because they're doing a quantity amount, you know what I mean? Yep. I think that's it's a good it's a good move by South Carolina. Props yeah, I,
1: I'm sure they probably also were looking at it from the perspective of how do we get our hands in this pot for the money too. Like how can well, we? Yeah. I mean, potentially get a you know get ahead of the game with this and not lose out on some of these you know right. these deals yeah. here.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a uh, win-win for both. I
1: mean yeah. Uh, listen, if the students are getting what they deserve. Then you know at the end of the day, it's a good thing, right? So right, better than what's going on right now. Well, or in the past.
0: They've got it set up so athletes don't have to pay any percentages for representation firms. Um, And even if they have uh, an agent or some sort of marketing rep or whatever, um, they're still able to work with those, those people. And um, this NIL team, the Everett sports management will actually still bring them deals and work with them and everything. And they handle all their, the fees and all that stuff. So the athletes aren't having to take cuts out of their, 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 proceeds that they're making to pay you know these other firms and all these other people this stuff so it it maximizes their their money that they're making for their uh, name image likeness which is what that was all designed for it wasn't designed to pay other people so i i I agree i think it's a great idea and i can't wait to see a bunch of these other schools really start kicking in and start doing that i i feel like there's going to be a big opportunity here for um the conferences to really step up and see if they can do a conference setup for nil instead of just, um, you know, school by school. Uh, of course, that changes the the game of recruiting, because then you're not recruiting to a school for NIL. but Yeah, you're more recruited I to the still, conference then. Yeah, but that's a big deal, and I, I still am hesitant on NILs for the one aspect of, you get big schools like, let's say, Alabama. These kids are going to Alabama knowing that just... Just signing up with Alabama, they are already guaranteed to some major NIL deals. Right. Yeah. And we all know that work ethic can be a big issue when you start getting your head, uh, it starts to expand. And I really feel like a lot of these kids are not going to really put out on the field as well as they probably should because they know that they're getting paid already and they're just buying their time to get into the NFL or try to i'd like to be proven wrong on that but just looking at human nature and just the name of the game how it goes and i mean you look at all these college players when they start to get more and more famous look at how their career ends up most of the time yeah. um, they start playing like crap they started getting into a lot of trouble they get you know distracted um, uh, then they get in the, in the nfl and everything falls apart for them so these kids making all this money and their head starts getting big because, you know, I'm a big deal. Now I'm making all this money because I just, my name, I, I have a feeling that they're not going to play as hard because they don't want to get hurt, etc. So it's going to change a lot for the game. I do think that the conferences should be in charge of those NILs um, and making sure that there's a more even ground just personally. Um,
2: but I, we'll I mean, see. also, I mean, it goes to the fact that, like, you you know, maybe you, you have a kid from a smaller school in high school, and and he was really good, and he can come in and he can contribute just as much as somebody that maybe went to a a larger school and had a better, you know, I mean, had a bigger name because of that, and right. he got like this fat ass nil deal, whereas this other kid, you know, he maybe he doesn't even get one, but yet he's contributing just as much, and he's like, "Where's my deal?" You know, what I mean, like. I know that I, I i think that if multiple representation by the same people i mean i feel like that they give them they'll give them more opportunity for that
0: yeah and we'll see uh it'd be nice uh <laughs> it'd be nice for it to be a little bit more even though just my opinion but. but anyways um looking at some of the games for coming up this week uh get you guys thoughts on it see who you guys think are going to pull out these wins um First big one that we've got is going to be 230 on uh, Saturday. We got Oregon and Georgia. I think that one's pretty much a cakewalk. I think we know who's going to walk away with that one.
3: I mean, Georgia's going to win, but I think it's going to be closer
0: than some people are thinking. Yeah, do you think I mean, that, is the, Oregon still stacked?
2: an aired out team? I mean, do they have I mean, they've they've I mean, they've had some running back also, but I feel like that they're more of a a sling team.
0: Yeah, it'd we'll be see. interesting to see. I, I think Georgia's gonna handily take that game. I mean, they're still very good. I mean good it's in Georgia though. So. I, mean, I mean it's yeah. Yeah. Um next ranked game after that, which is still kind of funny to me, but Cincinnati really may just show up again this year. Uh you got Arkansas and Cincinnati, um, at Arkansas.
3: I think Cincinnati will I mean they're the their the, uh worst ring team but they'll, they'll they'll beat Arkansas I think
0: yeah I think they got a little bit of a low ranking um just because of well, they lost their quarterback yeah
2: um lose drafted, which but he drafted is he even going to make the cut in Atlanta isn't that where he went
0: I think so but I just knowing, uh, their, yeah. knowing their history and how I mean they've been fairly consistent and getting better and better every year um I think that they're going to do well this year, uh, and really the last big one of the uh, of Saturday is going to be that uh, Notre Dame Ohio State game, which yeah is going to be a big a big story um, for their new coach in Notre Dame. I think if he can keep it close, I don't really think that they have a chance to win it, but if he can keep it close and make it look like Notre Dame actually has a chance to be a good team um that'll really kind of take some pressure off of him for the rest of the year. But if they come in there and they get absolutely just curb stomped by Ohio State, which is a very high likely yeah. possibility, he's going to be fighting uphill for the whole rest of the year and nothing he does, no win that they have after that is really going to relieve that pressure. He's going to have to have a stellar year and produce for next year as well. So and then of course, you know, Florida State's going to beat LSU on Sunday, but uh, you know. Nope. That won't be a, a big story nope. until that happens. <laughs> Are they though? No, they're going to be. Yeah, yeah they're going to beat That's us. Not not happening. <laughs> I, I, hey, I appreciate you guys all being negative about it. That boosts my yeah. oppor- our uh, chances of winning. So thank you. Appreciate that. Now, okay. if you all yeah. were rooting for us, then I know we'd lose, but
1: Listen, Dan. There's there's hotlines for this type of fandom that you have.
0: <laughs> I already call them, you know, and they hang up on me. So
2: <laughs> they're like this guy again. Oh, <laughs> I don't geez. really
0: blame them, you know. <laughs> hey, we got we got we
2: got Fisu on point. the line.
0: We got Fisu. <laughs> He's calling again. <laughs> uh, they know me by my first name.
2: Yeah. yeah. Have, have you used the voice changer yet? Tried to trick them?
0: No. I just I, I stopped. I mean. I don't know how to hide my phone number when I call in. So, uh, yeah, I'm not that smart. Okay. I, I'm an FSU fan. You should know this. Yeah. Not star 69. <laughs> so we'll jump to the NFL a little bit. I kind of just want to go over some of these trades uh, and pickups because, I mean, there's been some some interesting ones Um, kind of spitball on you know where we think or how we think some of these players are going to do this year with their new teams it's going to be kind of interesting um first one up though of course was the eagles dropping Regor down I, to uh minnesota
2: and we didn't get
0: anything
3: <laughs> i mean no. what did you expect to get
0: i mean yeah really that there's not much that minnesota would have to offer other than the picks and that's not a bad thing to pick up for it, but, I mean, Rager's just not really put up great for us. I mean, oh. if he had hands, that would have been nice, but, you know, at least we got something for him. I really don't think he was worth very much. It was a matter of time before he either just got dropped or traded to somebody. So, um, to get a couple good picks out of it, I think that's that's not a bad a bad I idea i just i
2: mean it's crazy I, just
1: to see so many misses on wide receivers coming out of the eagles oh, uh, or not yeah. even that they're necessarily misses but they just they don't stick with them long it's Howie,
0: how he does a horrible job recruiting uh, and and um drafting people i mean
2: i don't I mean, know Some we could have had justin jefferson and yep which and now he's going to play reason.
1: with justin jefferson
0: yep if he plays so, Rager's
1: much. gonna be the 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 third potentially there. Yeah, because he could be a solid three there. I think when you got Thielen and Jefferson as your one and two,
0: he just he drops too much is the only problem. Yeah. with that. and I don't I don't think that that's just um, an Eagles thing or a coaching thing or whatever. I think that's a player thing. And he just drops a lot of passes and a lot of times they're they're right there in his hands. He just doesn't follow through. Um so it I don't know how they're gonna use him in their scheme, what they what kind of ideas they've got, or maybe they just think they can fix him, but um I mean I don't think he's a bad player as overall athleticism. He's got it, but he definitely needs some hand help with those hands. Somebody needs to put some duct tape on him or something. <laughs> um I saw Kenyon Drake went to the Ravens too.
1: I mean, this guy is now becoming, what, a journeyman running back. And how many <laughs> years in the NFL is he at this point? Like, it just seems, how was it, four teams it's in like, the past three years?
3: like five or six years he's been in the actual NFL.
1: Yeah. He's just going all over the place. He's He's been solid on whatever teams he's been on. He just can't, like, he's battled injuries here and there, and he just doesn't seem to find his place, and teams just don't fall in love with him. He, he's not a, I don't think, he's a, not a flashy guy. He just... Yeah. Takes the ball, puts his head down and gets the I, yards he needs. I
0: think I think he was another one of those players that was overly highly touted in college just because of where he went.
3: Alabama. And
0: then, and then comes to the NFL and what did they produce? Not much. There's not you know, Alabama's had some uh, some great um some great players come out of there um but so many of them that are you know highly touted and everybody is just thinks that they're going to be the next greatest best player you could possibly ever have they typically fall flat on their face and are not worth jack crap um uh, but i mean it's just the name of the game i guess but i mean and he may do well he may go into the Ra- with the ravens and do great things with them i know um they lost two to ir um which put them to start, you know, looking for players, so. We'll
1: yeah, I feel it. like this is what the move really was for them. I mean, last year, I know because I had a couple of the running backs and I lost them like before the season even started. Uh <laughs> but like they just the Ravens are just get getting hit with the injury bug a lot with running backs, and they yeah. went through what? 5 or 6 running backs last season? Yeah. It was insane. So, this is like insurance policy it seems like.
0: Oh, 100%. So, uh, how do we like uh, Sunday Michelle being with the Chargers?
1: I mean, that's going to be a solid backup to uh, to to Eckler. Um, I know they liked Justin Jackson and, and
3: uh, what was the other guy? Joshua Kelly? So, Josh Kelly? So, right now, their, their running backs are Joshua Kelly, who was, I think, a draft pick last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they have Isaiah Spiller who was a draft pick this year for him, who I really like. Um, he uh, came out of uh, Texas A&M, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I, honestly, I think Sony Michelle ends up being the fourth option there. I think Spiller is probably a better, better backup to Eckler than, than the other two, um, especially as a pure running back.
0: I think it's going to be one of those situations where Spiller is going to get some play time to um, kind of hone his craft. And I think Sony Michelle and Eckler are going to really be the ones to really kind of help him with that, um, especially since I I personally think that Sony has more of a the same run style as Spiller does. Um, could really help him kind of get his game up to that point where he really can take that number two spot, or you know, even one day push Eckler out of the way. I feel more like like uh, Sony's going to be there more for a you know a veteran status and let me help you guys out and kind of and Sony Michelle is
1: not even that old either no. veteran wise no. right? He's season four for him, or if I'm not mistaken, something like that. I mean he he's shown flashes, yeah, but he he just always was in committee like like not even not even one two running back committee. Always in a three four running back committee right yeah. with with the patriots um with uh what was he who was he rams. at the end of the last year the rams he was with the
0: dolphins um he, was, he went with the rams and then he was with the dolphins the dolphins just right. dropped him to go and he went to the chargers so
1: yeah, i mean and then the Dolphin, dolphins had a you know three or four running back situation as well it, it's just he's never been in a lead role really so but i guess that's just what he with the the scouts see with him and You know, even though he shows those break-off flashes that we've seen the past couple of seasons, it's just not, he's not number one material.
0: No, I I feel like when he was with uh, the Patriots that he was fairly consistent when he ran the ball. I mean, he wasn't, you know, the guy that you were constantly going to look at to break off, you know, 15, 20-yard runs and was always these, you know, lights-out performances, but um, you know, he was a fairly consistent, you know, three or four yard rusher. They put him in those positions when they needed him and, uh, different schemes and he, he played well, but yeah, I agree. He's not like an, you know, the starting guy that's going to sit there and take the bulk of your snaps and really, you know, wear down a defense. Um, yeah, and he wasn't your prototypical specialist.
3: Bill Belichick running back too, like.
0: Yeah, no, not yeah, at all. Belichick was...
3: likes his pass catchers, and
0: he's yeah. not a pass catcher. No, and he's very his, much a
1: his Rex Burkheads that, you know, <laughs> that just pounded in there, Brandon Bolden's.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Um, the other one that I saw, uh, O.J. Howard ended up, uh, he's visiting with the Bengals right now since the Bills dropped him. Um, a high chance that the Bengals are going to pick him up if... Uh, he passes his physical and everything with them. I mean I hate the guy that the guy had some injuries that you know kind of really put a damper on everything cuz I thought OJ Howard was a great was doing well there for a long time.
1: Yeah, I mean you could probably blame Gronk a little bit for his downfall, right? Gronk took all his potential snaps from, you know, from Brady right I mean, he was the number one guy and uh, well it was I mean, him that, and Brait. but you know he was gonna be the number one guy there and then gronk came and it's like oj howard was
3: basically he, a second third thought even before gronk i mean oj howard he he's still gonna even produce to the same rate as like cam and Cameron camera was just super reliable um and always has been uh right that, so like, consistent same... especially in the red zone yeah it, it, that was one of the, like the the things like uh, a typical Jameis Winston game was a was a touchdown pass to Cameron Bray and a touchdown pass to Mike Evans like that was your typical Winston game with like seven interceptions, um, but yeah, OJ Howard just hasn't really showcased any of the physical talent that we think he has to be a productive time in the NFL, um, and for me, it's not like super surprising he didn't make the team. Um, with the, with the Bills, and now he's scrounged to again on the Bengals because as a t- tight end coming out of Alabama, Alabama doesn't use their tight ends in a receiving mm-hmm. aspect very well. Um, so for everyone, just because he is such a physical specimen, to have these expectations for him to come in and be like the next Tony Gonzalez or whatever, uh, it, it was not realistic. Um, and that that definitely showcased, uh, especially as he got all the injuries and was being held back by all that stuff. It's, I I think the expectation of saying that he has anything left to tank. I don't, I don't really know if there was a big tank there to begin with. You know, he's. I think he'll always be a second or third tight end for however long he decides. You know, decides to be in the NFL. And if you're a second or third tight end, you can't block very well. Um, well, no one really cares at that point. Because only number one tight ends get the receiving numbers.
0: Yep. You think so? If he um, if he's cleared, because I know he had that Achilles injury um, back in twenty twenty. Um, if he finally clears his medical and everything with uh, the Bengals or anybody, you think that he has an opportunity still to come back and redeem himself, though? I mean, actually have a chance to you know, have some sort of a fresh start and win something, you know, as far as his career, you know, get a little safe face, something towards the end of it. Because at this point, I mean, you can't really expect to be in there for more than another year or two, if you're not going to really get any team pickups or anybody want to commit to you.
2: No, I mean, if, if he's a, if he could be a safe second option, I mean, It'll it'll be interesting to see. I mean, how he does with the with them, and then moving on. Yeah,
3: yeah, to to not make the bills when you know they they have Dawson Knox, who's the solidified starter there. But yeah, you know, if you're talking about another pass catching tight end to add to your arsenal, um, obviously the Bills have a great quarterback. But other than Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, their wide receiver core behind that. Is not great, um, so you would think having a second pass catching tight end would actually be ideal for them. And obviously, that's not not what they chose to go.
0: Right. Where the um, next one up, though, where, where do you guys think that uh, Josh Ward's going to end? End up, you know, talking about players that are kind of struggling right now. Now that he just got dropped by the Chiefs,
2: I don't know if he'll get picked up.
1: I don't know if there is a next option for him. I think this guy has had so many lives and so many chances in the NFL. Yeah. He might have run out Time to of just chances. pick up
0: those, uh, those cleats and just walk away from it.
1: I mean, h- how many snaps did he get in the past couple of seasons, honestly? It's, it hasn't been much. So He's barely last, used. too.
0: I mean, last year he played in 12 games. He had five catches for 32 yards and one touchdown.
3: Yeah. All right. Barely utilized. Well, right now it says that he's visiting with the Titans, and the Titans don't exactly have a great receiver core. So honestly, that might actually be a good match.
1: It could be a good fit for the Titans. they need a big body receiver after AJ Brown leaving. Yeah. You know, and Josh Gordon can be that. But what does he have left at this point? He's right. not getting snaps. He's not getting plays. It's it becomes a situation of you know how well can you produce.
0: Well, and we certainly knew he wasn't going to get any snaps with the Chiefs this year. I mean, they've got Juju, they got Valda Scanling, they just picked up Sky Moore. I mean, they've they're stacked right now.
2: And I mean, Mahomes is like super stoked about Moore.
0: And you still got Kelsey. I mean, you're yeah. not you're not going to ever Cole Hardman, that ball. yeah, Justin Watson. You're not throwing that ball to anybody. You're not throwing that to Josh Gordon at all. I mean. It's just not gonna happen. So, I mean he uh and he only had one catch on five targets and sixty seven preseason snaps. I mean he did not do anything for them. Twenty twenty one and this year, so
1: I mean a lot of his a lot of his failings and stuff is On him to a degree, you know, and he's got, obviously had a lot of, you know, mental health issues going on. So, I mean, I was glad to see him get opportunities again. It's something that you don't normally see in the NFL. So I was actually really excited about that for him. And I was, I was hoping he was going to come back strong because that guy had all the potential in the world. He was so good. And then just, you know, his demons got the better of him. But, you know, I was, I was, I was happy for him to see him get so many extra chances. It's something that we need more of. Yeah, we need to see more of it. Yep.
0: Another one that surprised me was Marlon Mack getting dropped by uh, the Texans. I mean, they they dropped him to make way for Damian Pierce, which I think he's going to do wonderful. But you're putting a lot of pinning a lot of your hopes on a rookie um, to you know be the bulkhead of your your running back core. So
2: yeah, uh, I mean, again, this is going to be another situation for Mac. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, he started off. With the Colts and and had relatively good success here in Indy, but he just got ran out by Jonathan Taylor and uh, he and Hines because you know Hines has got hands, and uh, it just there wasn't a fit for him here anymore. And then you know you you, you talk about the lifespan of a of a run of most running backs in the NFL. It's like okay, well, what is he now? in, like his six. Season, yep,
0: something
2: like that. Yep. So it's like, Something's okay, up. like, how much more does he have in the tank? And if he goes somewhere, he's gonna be, you know, third, fourth option, you know, to a younger, possibly more agile running back. I don't. It. He can make a squad somewhere, but it's just gonna be a matter of you know who who's he gonna get some. To sit down and talk to and and possibly try out for or work, yeah. work out with
1: Ended i think it's sitting. a situation with the texans too it's just, they, they don't care they they know they're not winning so yeah. let's see what we got from our young guys get them the experience early and see what they got i mean w- what they can build on going into the coming seasons where they potentially will be a number one draft pick again you know
0: yeah. and that's not really a bad move either i mean you're no you're building a, a future know what
1: you are and try and see what you have going forward.
2: Yeah. And by cutting him, I mean, that you, you lose like a veteran, you know, minimum, I mean, that salary and so.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, we had another QB flop. Old Kellen Mond is, uh, has been dropped. Another brain, the Browns are picking him up. <laughs> another one of those, uh, he's going to be so great in the NFL gets drafted, doesn't produce just absolutely well, looks like crap.
3: At least he wasn't like a first round. I think he was drafted in the fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. Third, third round. Was the third round?
0: Yeah. But he was uh, supposed to be their, you know, their their future. They wanted him to take over for Kirk, you know, and kinda, you know, paved the way, but he couldn't even he couldn't produce anything for them. And they just had enough.
3: Yeah. It was um it was kind of telling of, of what obviously it's a new coaching staff this year, but uh for for the Vikings. But the coaching staff last year for the Vikings when you know they asked about Kelamon playing in the regular season when, you know, they knew that uh, they weren't doing anything for the rest of the year. Uh, the coach was like, No, no, we don't want to see any more of, of of that. We we know what we have there in Kelamon, so we'd rather not put him on the field at this time. Yeah. Like that was kind of telling right there. I was like, Oh, geez, he's not doing good, obviously, in practice or in anything for that matter.
0: Yeah, that not at all. So uh Jimmy Garoppolo uh stuck around for a low uh a low contract. <laughs> Got himself a no trade l- clause and everything too.
3: Yeah, it's it, it it makes sense for the no trade clause that way. If a team does want him, he can pick and choose, and you know he doesn't just go to a, a a crappy situation. Um, the the way that his contract is structured, he's getting the same amount of money as the other two top paid backup QBs, but he has a lot of incentives rolled into his deal. So if they do decide to play him when Trey Lance inevitably does very bad uh he gets a lot more money in that way so it's it's like they cut the savings but there's a possibility that it's gonna go up
0: yeah i mean he was due like 24.2 i think is what what his 22 contract was under or his old contract was i mean with all of his incentives and all that stuff um you know, plus roster per game, roster bonuses, et cetera. I mean, he can make up to like 15.45. So, I mean, they're still going to save some money there, but um, I mean, but that's $9 million. That's a big cut to take, you know, if he makes that full amount. But I I, I agree. I think he's going to do well to stay there um, and help, you know, Trey Lance learn but also be that guy that, you know, because Trey Lance is going to have some issues. He's going to have some rough games to for the team to really be able to turn to and be like, hey, um, we need help, and he can, you know, come up and shine. So, I mean, he might, yeah, uh, I, he might have I a Nick here. If, you know.
1: I was going to say, for, for like, what does it mean for Trey Lance, right? It, it does mean that San Francisco is not as high as on him as we maybe thought they were going into the season. Maybe they saw some things extra in the preseason. So I mean to a lot of our eyes, we look like Trey Lance was pretty good, right? Um and I feel like a lot of us, you know, fans are looking at Trey Lance as, you know, are gonna be potentially even a solid fantasy quarterback. Who knows, you know? But uh it it, it seems like mm, maybe not the maybe not the same bright eyes from the coaching staff in San Francisco.
0: And I wonder if it's mostly because, you know, he is um, a more mobile quarterback, I mean, he's not really a, a a traditional, you know, stand in the pocket. If that might be part of the problem, they think that he's going to have some sort of um, injury proclivity or something because of that. I mean, that could be a, a big factor. I mean, if, if he's scrambling a lot, you know, he's going to take hits. He's chances are he's going to get hurt. So then, you know, that leaves you with what, you know, you don't really have anybody there at least if you have Garoppolo there, um, you have somebody who can hand the ball off. Right. And maybe throw it three times a game so best backup probably the best backup quarterback in the league right (laughs) exactly um we'll jump real quick though uh the Colts kept three of their QBs they got Matt Ryan Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger um I don't know if Foles is going to see as much play time I I expect that Ellinger would probably see more play time if Matt Ryan went down what do you guys think
2: I I'd I'd have to agree with that just from seeing what I saw in some of the preseason games and everything um being able the being able to get out of the pocket and scramble if he, if need be for some extra right. yards. Um, obviously is that gonna be a detriment to him though and taking the hits and stuff. So Right. Um it, it it'll be interesting. I, again, you know, they brought in Matt Ryan because he he has the portfolio, right? You know mm-hmm. and and he can and you know, we we swung and we missed, unfortunately, and and I still like Carson Wentz as a person, but you know, it was just not meant to be here in Indy, um. But they brought in Matt Ryan, who who has what I feel like is a great portfolio for the background, and he can and he can really bring the team together. And you see, and you see, I've seen it, you know, with the with a lot of the preseason games and stuff. Even though you know he didn't play a lot, you know. Um and and you can see a good chemistry, I guess, being there. Um, I mean, obviously, we're gonna still be Jonathan Taylor heavy, and you know, it might lean lean to us, you know, getting some good passes out of it because you know, if we're, you know, everybody's thinking run and and somebody gets open or whatever, but right, um. You know he, but Sam. I mean, he was slinging the ball. You know, in those preseason games, when you know when he could find a receiver open, and I mean, he was hitting them. So it'll be interesting. I think Nick Foles is, uh, again, it, he he's a veteran quarterback that can come in and and be a a good like mentor. Right. Obviously, having a Super Bowl ring as well, and and being able to coach up Sam. Um, but if if we can if we keep on the role with Sam, I I think that he's got a good future for himself here. If, uh, if he can continue to to get better and produce. Yeah. I think the record
1: at the time, if something were to happen to Matt Ryan would make it, would make that call. Right. If, if Indy is in the lead in that division, I don't know. They go to, to Sam. Yeah. It probably stick. They probably go to Nick Foles and go, he can hold down the fort um but if they the records not good and they're falling behind in the division i mean cuz that division what it's basically tennessee still right like we don't know what we're going to get from jacksonville you know um it, it's just not Texans are a wash texans um, uh, that's why i i even forgot because i forgot that they're even in any division um <laughs> <laughs> but it it's 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 like the ten, it's the titans division to win uh, to lose basically and you're hoping Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan can make things happen. Yeah,
0: for India. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so uh, so we see. Yeah, we see. What's the uh, what y'all's most anticipated games for this week, or one game if you had to pick one? Anybody? Um, I think the the revenge game for me for Baker
3: Mayfield. That's that's going to be the most interesting thing for me.
0: Oh, that's gonna be a great one, actually. I think obviously the you know the big yeah the big um, telling one is gonna be that Bills Rams game just because you know the Rams coming back how are they yeah. gonna look? Um, but I mean, there's a bunch of just matchups that it's gonna be big stories. I mean, you got the Broncos and Seahawks. You got two new quarterbacks in both both schemes. I mean, how are they gonna set up? And you know, you got Russell playing against his old team. Um, I think that's gonna be a really telling game for the rest of their season i think that the the chargers
1: and the raiders game is going to be a good game to watch that's going to be an interesting one right because the raiders bolstered up a little bit here Chargers were really good and, and kind of just missed out on being something great last last season you know did herbert take a step up with Devontae adams with the raiders now yep. did they take a step up like it, it that division alone, just I feel like any game where that's an interdivision game is gonna be a must watch. High scoring, just slobber knocker.
0: Well, I mean, and then you still got the forty ers and the bears, you know, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. How's that how are they gonna perform, you know, big stakes games too? So
2: You got Kansas City and Arizona. I mean,
0: eh, we know who's gonna win that one already.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think I think it's more of a what can Arizona prove and or not prove.
0: That's true. All right, Gage, what's your terrible fantasy advice? Because
3: I mean, it wasn't just it it wasn't just for me. I mean, it's kind of all of us to
0: you know give us
3: all of our terrible fantasy advice, but.
0: Um, draft nothing but kickers and defenses in the first three picks. Um, yeah, that's get pretty your good. That's Definitely terrible. <laughs> um, you
2: know,
0: um, wow. Or, or you could just draft nothing but backup running backs.
1: This is the part where uh, we crew the we, we we cue the meme from Billy Madison. We've all now become dumber having listened to it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I award no I, points. May God have mercy on your soul. My 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 uh my hot take on on first round fantasy draft is no matter what pick on the first round I have I would not touch Christian McCaffrey with a ten foot pole. Really, so much I would, I don't trust it.
2: It's I. I, I, I can't say I blame Gage time. for that. Uh, is it because of his injury that he? Or like a hundred
3: percent, hundred percent because of the injuries. I just. I think he's had what two years in a row where he's been plagued with injuries mm-hmm. i can't I can't see why it wouldn't be three,
1: and it's not even that he was injured like he oh he suffered some injury and he was out. he would injure, come back, get injured again, come back like it just yeah it never fully healed or he injured something else. It's just
3: like a hundred percent
0: consistency with that
3: my my advice is if you did get CMC in your draft, you better be drafting Chuba Hubbard somewhere in later in the late rounds. You need to handcuff him hundred percent. Yeah. I think I mentioned that last week in the podcast is handcuff big time
0: for Christian McCaffrey and maybe Derek Henry. Yep. Make sure you have backups hundred percent, but
1: I could tell you as somebody that every fantasy football season, I go through like five running backs cause all my running backs get injured in like the first three weeks of the season. It's amazing.
2: Like the bad luck for running backs. Um, you got, you
1: got I, running backs calling you, don't draft me. Oh, dude. <laughs> I've drafted them all. They all get hurt. <laughs> I got what's named Do- Dobson um, from the Ravens, who got yeah, injured like Evans. a couple days before the season started. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. <laughs> it was my first, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was terrible.
0: Yeah, and, and it can only get better, right? Um, we'll switch gears. Uh, let's go talk about this whole new golf thing that that's going on here. Um, this wonderful new tour that's putting up some huge competition for the PGA huge now, and
2: dollars at least, huge. huge
0: dollars. Yeah, you got all these big names moving over now, um, and then being told they can't even wear their own their own gear their own clothing their own branding anything like that at the pga because it might have lav on it
2: yeah i mean it i understand like the pga is like trying to protect their brand and they're trying to you know obviously they don't like the fact that there's now competition out there for them but oh yeah you know at the end of the day like competition they say competition breeds excellence type of deal so we'll see i mean it's still the inception of the LIV. So and the, but they've picked up some big names, you know, what I mean so, Dustin Johnson,
3: yeah, Phil Mickelson,
2: Phil Mickelson, you got some you got some, you, know, bigger
0: names. you got uh, Brooks Kepka. I yep. mean, all going to this Saudi-backed <laughs> uh, I mean, you get some you get
1: some uh, some older names too that have been the staples like Louis Louis Ustadion um, yeah. Sergio Garcia, you know some 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 names you're used to PGA Tour from back in the day, right? They, they're well, going there I mean, as well. Lee and Westwood. That's the thing is,
2: though, is, you look at some of these and you're like, okay, like I mean, most a lot of most people like Phil, you know, for the most part. And but I mean, how many more majors does he really have any? And yeah. you know, Sergio and some of those others as well. So it's like, you know, are they just picking up? <laughs> A few big hitter youngers, I mean, young ones, even, and then
0: even Bubba Watson's in it. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> so, so,
2: yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's, but it's I mean, again, competition. I I can understand though, like saying, "Hey, listen, if you're gonna, because there was a big thing that they weren't even gonna let them play in a PGA Tour event, and then that got taken to court, and now they have to let them play at least until it gets settled."
1: Well, I think it was the finals, right? They couldn't play f- play for the championship. Is that was what that, it was? I, 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 I think, think that's that's it all was. major events. Yeah. yeah, I think all major. They could events play in like other PGA Tour percent. events, but they couldn't. They couldn't contend for the PGA Championship. Gotcha. But you know, it's like what they say. You know, nothing worse than a than a monopoly scorned. Yeah.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. And now you're, scorning a bunch of waspy old white men. You know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of
1: staple of um, you know American sports. Where again, for how many years now? Over a hundred years, right?
3: Yeah. No competition. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. I saw a um, quote from a uh, Royal McElroy. He uh, he said that he literally feels sick, and he hates seeing the other golfers that have joined the you know Live Tour and seeing them at pga events right now he's like it, 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 it's like seeing an ex-girlfriend for him or something like that
2: <laughs>
3: which is it's i feel like that's like middle school petty stuff it- oh yeah yeah
1: i just don't i i mean i i got i kind of understand the, the idea of it you're another tour though like you don't have you didn't have XFL people playing in the NFL unless they got drafted or signed a contract with them, right? They weren't you can't cross them over it's it's it, it is a weird thing that they can compete in both. Um, but yeah, I mean kind of kind of stuff, which is kind of cool. it's It's a little different of a layout
2: yeah, I mean, like thing about it in PGA, it's always been like, you know, it's this so it's like you versus everybody? But now it's like you still versus everybody now. But now it's against like another team, or something. you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. It's a fresh idea for the game yeah. of golf. It's trying to
1: build more, uh, you know, attention and younger viewers. You know, you got a team. You made it a team sport now. People like the Ryder Cup, right? Mm-hmm. This has just made yeah. an entire league of a, of a somewhat Ry- Ryder Cup in this fashion. So, yeah,
3: I, I kind of see it as it's like um, when boxing right so earlier days of boxing you had like a couple of different organizations now there's like 30 of them but it's kind of like that like where you just got two separate organizations these people in boxing cross lines all the time to where sometimes guys are holding multiple championship belts for different organizations so it's almost
2: like that to me
0: yeah no that makes sense yeah it's a good analogy <laughs> Uh, last thing that we'll cover um, for this episode is uh, you know a great career uh, coming to an end after this uh, U.S. Open. Um, she did win today. It's-
3: yeah, took oh, down she number two. two today. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, she sure did. Dude, are are we thinking this like this is like a legit run or is this like a goodbye run?
1: You, you meaning like she's winning legitimately. I, I mean, I think when you're talking about Serena Williams, which we have, I don't think we said her name yet. Who we're talking about, but I think everybody knows what we're talking about when we're talking about tennis. Um, yeah, I think Serena Williams is one of those people that you can just she could just turn her she could turn it on like if she's really focused on like you know what I'm going out with a bang like Kobe right he had you know wow. the eighty point game you know what I mean wow. it's wow.
3: What wait, do you wait, he, he, do you, do you believe that. that Kobe wasn't given sixty points on his final game? He wasn't? Oh, I was
0: just I got hung up on a different part of that phrase. Uh anyways. Yeah. I do think that she's gonna actually um uh, make a solid run to the end of this. Um and has a great opportunity to really uh Put that final cap on her career. I mean, she's had a phenomenal career. Um, what were some of the things that we had here? So, since so she started in 95, she's won, what, 73 singles titles, uh, 23 Grand Slam singles, uh, 14 Grand Slam doubles with her sister, um, four Olympic gold medals. I mean, she's six-time U.S. Open champ. I mean, she's done it all. So, uh, to come into this, announce that she's retiring after this tournament, this is the end of it. She's done. Um, I think she has a great chance to really push to the end of it, and I I do think that she may have that opportunity. She will take it all and, and end it with her seventh US Open Championship.
1: Yeah, and you said they had a really nice ceremony for her at the start. You know, after her first match, you know, I don't know how much they anticipated her, you know, moving on at this stage in her career and going further in the tournament. So they just wanted to make sure they did everything before and, like, oh, like, oh crap, We'll just rush everybody in and do our uh, tribute to her if or when she wins, you know, if that came. So it was nice to see that the other night. And I just remember growing up, or when I was younger, just Serena and Venus coming in, just Venus just crushing the world, and Serena comes in, you know, little slow start but you know she was young she was very young and then I, I was talking to my brother actually about it the other day and I'm like I'm, I'm looking at her I'm like y- do you do you picture or, or have you ever pictured someone of her like strength and size and just overall physique being that good at tennis it, it just seems like a person of that body mass strength you know the muscular physique that she has like you wouldn't be able to move you know as quickly in the game like tennis it's everything happens so fast but she was she's able to and it's just i don't know you're not going to see another potential specimen like that i feel like in tennis
0: oh no she's a one one in a million i mean i think i agree there's not going to be anyone else um and even her sister is not i mean her sister's great but her sister is not like her is not at no. the same level, so she never got to the same level that yeah
1: Serena did. She I mean she obviously she dominated the game for a couple of years, and once Serena hit her stride, it was there was there was, there was like no turning back.
0: Well, we all have the opportunity to watch history, you know, get to witness history. So um, she and Venus start uh, they play again tomorrow night, and then Serena has her next uh, singles on Friday. So. I know I'll be keeping track of it. I wanna, you know, see how she does. Uh, but yeah, we all get a opportunity to witness some history that'll probably never be uh never come around again in our lifetime. So
2: Oh, she was definitely one in a million in a star, that's for sure.
0: Oh one hundred percent. So well guys, I appreciate y'all's time this week. Um, it's good talking, good bullshitting. <laughs> We'll, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely get back next week and uh cover uh well the first full week of uh college college and all the big things that we got going on with that. And uh see
2: what else is out there. Yeah, definitely. Also um just make sure we remind uh the folks that uh they can uh help support the uh the kids by the, using those links. The kitty kitties. yes, the yes. So um, on,
0: our, uh, I- on our Twitter page, I'll have that updated again with the links to all of that, of course. And what uh, Ben here is talking about is, of course, our uh, our wonderful partnership that we have with our chat. It's a great program and platform that is uh, establishing NIL deals for college athletes, uh, which we'll actually get to interview a lot of those college athletes here over this season, which is going to be awesome to do. Uh, but in the process of that in our partnership with them, uh, we have an opportunity to produce some links out there for you guys for uh, uh, we got like, Hulu and Buffalo Wild Wings, Fanatics, Vivid Seats, Academy Sports, uh, and any purchase that you make uh, from them using that link, a portion of it actually goes to a charity. Uh, We're using Good Sports as our charity. Uh, They set up uh, grants for your different rec leagues around your areas to uh, be able to buy equipment and set up uh, youth sports in your area. So it's a great great cause that's going on right now so yeah definitely uh, check out on our twitter and make sure that you uh you get that information up there
2: uh and uh, use those links but uh, yeah especially if you're buying new football gear for the season oh yes it's on fanatics you know i, I know i yep. just used it or your kids uh, football gear
0: yep <laughs> yeah, you can go buy all your stuff that you need from academy as well you know, and everybody's got a Hulu account, right? So, I mean, it's easy just to, you know, renew your account using that link and, you know, portion of what you're paying for that Hulu account every month is just going to end up going to charity. Yep. So, but uh yeah. Awesome, buddy. you will have a great guys. week and, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. We will catch y'all next week. Bye. Right. Bye.
3: All right, thank you, guys.